The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. We had a retreat in U.S. stocks in the Friday session. I think it's fair to say geopolitical risk is a primary driver, even though we're in the throes of earnings season. In the Friday session, we had the S&P down over 1.2%. We broke below that 200-day moving average. Then if you look at the bond market, yields were down across the Treasury curve, and much of that was tied to haven buying. Also on Friday, we had one of the Fed's more hawkish members, Cleveland's Loretta Mester, saying the Fed is close to wrapping up its tightening campaign. Then we had crude oil prices dipping just a bit here in New York on Friday, although for the five trading days of last week, WTI is up about 2.3%. Short while ago, we had the yen briefly weakening beyond uh, 150 against the greenback. That in early Asian trading, right now 149.85. And this is keeping the market on high alert for possible intervention from Japan's Ministry of Finance. Over the weekend, The Nikkei reported the Bank of Japan may review its yield curve control program at this month's policy meeting. And uh, we have market holidays today in Hong Kong, New Zealand, and in Thailand. And we'll take another look at market action for you in about 15 minutes. Brian? All right, Doug. Thanks very much. Now it's time for Global News. The U.S. is sending additional forces to the Middle East amid fears that the war could spread. Ed Baxter has that story and the rest of the news from the 960 Newsroom. Uh, Ed? Yeah, thank you, Brian. You're right. Uh, US, uh, USS Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group, as well as additional air defense. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on ABC, as heard here on Bloomberg, says deterrence is the best course at this point. What we're seeing is, a, is the prospect of a significant escalation of attacks uh, on our troops and uh, our, our people throughout the region. Austin says the U.S. will defend its people and bases. And U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken on CBS, as heard here on Bloomberg, says it is uh, talking to Israel about ground operations, but that Israel has the right and obligation to defend itself. Not only what they do, but how they do it, particularly Mm -hmm. when it comes to making sure the civilians are as protected as they possibly can be in this crossfire of Hamas is making. But in terms of what we're talking to Israel about in their, with regard to their military operations, it really is focused on uh, both how they do it and how best to achieve the results that they seek. He says Hamas is using civilians as shields still and is refusing to let them leave the war zones. More trucks, meanwhile, carrying aid into Gaza have been able to make it through checkpoints, but the United Nations World Food Bank Program Director Cindy McCain in Amman, Jordan, says this won't work long term. We were able to get 17 more trucks in just now, actually, just a little while ago, I understand, and there's, there's a proposed 40 more tomorrow. But this dribbling of system is not going to work. Now, McCain on ABC has heard on Bloomberg says uh, the situation of the Gaza Strip is dire and it is horrendous. So U.S. Senator Lindsey Graham is in Tel Aviv with a delegation of legislators, and he lays out what he feels victory looks like in the region. What is winning? For the terrorist organization to be destroyed, for the people of Israel 
to have a sense of peace they've lost, for the Palestinian people to have hope they don't have, and for the Arabs and the Israelis to end a conflict that would make the world better. As well today, Israel says Hezbollah is dragging Lebanon toward war as towns empty there, and the U.S. has ordered non-emergency staff to leave Iraq. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says uh, what is going on in the House is an embarrassment to the Republican Party and to U.S. government as a whole. On NBC, as heard on Bloomberg, he says that he has endorsed Tom Emmer. We need someone who understands how to do this job. I believe Tom Emmer, our whip, he's been in the room with all of our successes from our bills to secure the border, from Parents' Bill of Rights, from cutting $2 trillion, getting work requirements. He knows how to do the job across the street at the same time, helping us win the majority. He's He sets himself head and shoulders above all those others who want to run. Also blames Democrats for not reaching across the island trying to solve the problems. India says it's cut Canada's diplomatic presence in the country due to continuing concerns about interference in its affairs. This as ties continue to deteriorate. Global News 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter. This is Bloomberg. Brian. And thanks very much. Let's get to some of the top stories in the business front now. Markets this week are bracing for some key economic data out in the United States. We'll be getting GDP, for instance, on Thursday. Economists surveyed by Bloomberg say the U.S. economy probably expanded at the quickest pace in nearly two years in the third quarter. And that presents a challenge for Fed officials who are debating whether additional tightening is needed. Now, we heard from Bloomberg opinion columnist Mohammed El Arian. He says the Fed needs to establish a longer term vision for where interest rates are heading. I think they need to pivot from excessive data dependence to data dependence that has a greater forward looking component. So we are going to remain in, in the situation of great uncertainty because there is no vision as to where this economy is going. That's Mohammed El Aryan. Separately, we'll be getting the PCE deflator data on Friday, and that will also uh, be closely monitored by the Federal Reserve. Well, nearly a third of the companies within the S&P 500 will be reporting earnings this week, and this list includes Meta, Amazon, and the U.S. automakers. We have a preview from Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini. Profit margins will be scrutinized as investors assess how businesses are coping with rising wages, fuel prices, and other costs. Ford and General Motors, still in talks with striking workers, along with UPS and Chipotle, may discuss how they're dealing with the challenges. And investors hungry for info related to artificial intelligence may be able to learn more about the cost of the emerging technology when Microsoft, Alphabet, and Meta open their books. And cost savings could be in focus for Amazon after making an effort to reel things in, according to analysts at Cowan. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Radio. Americans are falling behind on car payments at the highest rate on record. More on that from Bloomberg's Leslie Lotto. It's getting harder and harder to pay our bills with auto loans up high on our list of challenges. Fitch Ratings reports the percentage of subprime car borrowers behind at least 60 days was up well over 6% in September, the highest it's been since 1994. Interest rate hikes are making newer loans more expensive, which has millions of car owners struggling to afford their payments. A clear indication of distress at a time when the economy is sending mixed signals, especially about the health of consumer spending. Leslie Lotto, Bloomberg Radio. 
Well, the iPhone assembler Hanhai Precision says it will collaborate with Chinese authorities on unspecified investigations. We have the story from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. The statement follows a report that Chinese tax authorities are conducting checks on Foxconn units in Guangzhou and Jiangsu. The Chinese media newspaper Global Times said authorities are also reviewing land use by parent Foxconn in Henan and Hubei. The latest probe comes after Foxconn founder Terry Goh resigned from the company's board. He's running for president in Taiwan, and in his presidential bid, he said he would not bow to any Chinese threats. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Radio. Australia will suspend its case at the World Trade Organization over China's tariffs on Australian wine imports. We get that story from Bloomberg's Paul Allen. China will undertake a review of its tariffs on Australian wine, and that's expected to take five months. During that period, Australia has announced it will suspend its WTO dispute over China's actions. This is according to a press release from the office of Prime Minister Anthony Albanese, and this comes ahead of a visit by Albanese to China from November the 4th through to the 7th. It's the first by an Australian leader since 2016, and another sign of warming relations between the two governments. Earlier this month, China released Australian journalist Chung Lei from about three years of detention for allegedly passing national secrets to an overseas institution. I'm Paul Allen, Bloomberg Radio. Paul mentioned Albanese's trip to uh, China coming up the first week of November. He'll also be touching down in Washington, D.C. tomorrow, where he will meet with President Biden. Albanese said the four-day visit to the U.S. will focus on building an alliance for the future. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Well, I'm Brian Curtis, along with Vonnie Quinn. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, and we welcome to uh, the airways now our guest, Tony Chuchka, who is Bloomberg Weekend Editor in Washington. So, Tony, great to have you on the program. The diplomatic efforts uh, with Israel, you know, especially on hopes of getting the hostages out, along with the aid getting in uh, to Gaza from Egypt, are uh, seemingly delaying this ground offensive that Israel has promised. I'm curious what you're hearing from people. Does this continue for a while, or are you getting some, some sense that Israel is getting uh, itching to, to, to conduct its action? Well, yeah. Hi, Brian. I mean, for um, the short answer, of course, is that that nobody uh, is saying publicly when Israel might move. I, I, uh, there was immediately after the attack uh, by Hamas, uh, its incursion into Israel and killings of civilians. I mean, there was a. Uh, 
about two weeks ago, there was an immediate. There was a sense that Israel would have to strike fast and hard. I think, uh, and that that has not come to pass. So the latest, uh, our latest reporting from the region is that that uh, Israel supports the the diplomatic efforts are underway, which uh, critically include the U.S. Uh, to, in, in one sense, and then the uh, Qatar as mediators. Mm. Um, and that 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 the that the goal of this is to release, um, as we're reporting, a, a large number of hostages quickly. Now that's 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 quite a task if you consider that there's uh, dozens or maybe up to two hundred of them. So, well, it's controversial too, isn't it? To the extent that if you do a deal, then you get more hostages. That's always a risk with any of those hostage situations. Uh, There's sort of the court of public opinion to consider as well. Uh, uh, For Israel, there's been a lot of of, of sort of um, chatter and talk about uh, the longer this goes on with Israel uh, targeting Gaza, uh, you know, with the bombing, that 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 sort of turns public opinion against uh, that that the risk is public opinion turning against Israel globally and also in the Arab world. So there's a lot of factors to consider here. And for the moment, at least, uh, uh, Israel, with with some prodding from the U.S., as you can tell uh, from public, um, not really uh, statements, but certainly hints, from people like uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, uh, that Israel is 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 not quite ready to move yet. Yeah, Tony, we have some reporting to the effect that Israeli citizens are a little nonplussed with how much the U.S. is asking for. In terms of hostage negotiations and so on, how much can the U.S. ask for? How much will Israel grant? The U.S., uh, Keep saying, or the the Biden administration keeps saying that that they're not dictating to Israel. I think that's point one. On the other hand, we all know that the alliance is historic and very tight, and there's also um, a lot of political um, uh, pressure, if you like, in Washington from from Congress uh, and outside Congress to support Israel. I mean, especially after, you know, the brutality of the Hamas attack, which is what started all of this, or at least this latest round. And so, so what Blinken said on, on, on the, um, on some of the, um, the, uh, Sunday morning uh, political shows uh, was that that the U.S. that the military advice that the U.S. is giving to Israel is focused on how they do it and how best to achieve the results mm. that they seek. They being yeah. Israel, so th- you can so, read between the lines there. I think. So the ground offensive itself is one major concern uh, about loss of life and civilians and even the loss of life of, of soldiers. And then there's also the the notion of this spreading into a wider war. Now, Israel warned that Hezbollah is risking dragging Lebanon into the war. Uh, who, did, who did they issue that warning to? In other words, it's a kind of normally when we talk about warning, you warn someone. But they're just actually warning, I suppose, the world that this is what's happening. Yes, and Iran, uh, which which stands behind those groups, Hamas, Hezbollah, and 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 uh, and, and others. Uh, so, uh, th- th- 
the way that's playing out is that that the U.S. in this case again, uh, Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State, uh, said that that the if there was any um, uh, any of these Iranian-backed groups uh, were to attack American forces, there would be a decisive response. Now that's what you'd expect. The U.S. can't countenance that. It's moved a lot of very heavy military hardware into the Mediterranean and elsewhere in the region. So so that's 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 what we're talking about here. We're talking about Iran and, and you know, the ultimate specter, of course, of Iran possibly getting involved directly. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that being a very, a fairly or uh, quite remote possibility. However, it's something you have to take into account. And um, and and what Blinken also said is no one wants a second or third front to open. Well, what does that mean? You know, no one presumably also includes the United States, which would then also mean, uh, I think, if you read that, uh, read between the lines on that, that also means some restraint on Israel in terms of Iran. Presumably, Tony, in the coming days, we are going to see the IDF go into Gaza on the ground. Is that enough to provoke another nation to get involved or another military group? That's uh, anybody's Point. guess. I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know what the planning. You know, clearly, there's scenarios that are being mapped out, and that has to be part of it. And I think that's why all of this talk about Iran is quite prominent now in the public commentary. Uh, but, um, you know, Israel's goal, is, uh, stated goal, is to destroy Hamas and remove that threat. So um, that, in theory at least, it could be a, um, a relatively you know, limited operation in the sense of limited strategic goal. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.